Hey family, you're listening to Let's Grow with Jeff Whitaker, where I aim to offer practical wisdom and spiritual advice for your personal growth. On this episode of Let's Grow, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Leslie McClendon as we talked about growing the leader in you. We addressed the spiritual and practical disciplines necessary to effectively and successfully lead other people. And Dr. Leslie shared with us some of her leadership journey. This discussion will help us all become the leader we were born to be. So let's grow now and let's grow together. Let's grow, let's grow, let's grow. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode of Let's Grow. If you find that the content of this podcast is helping you in any way, I encourage you to subscribe and share it with others. This podcast offers practical wisdom and spiritual advice for your personal growth. And every time you share this podcast with someone else, it helps us to carry out that vision. So thank you in advance for connecting others with what we are doing here. And the numbers have been continuing to rise. So you all are sharing it. You're letting your mom and your friends and your family and everybody know about this. So I'm I'm truly grateful. Today, I'm privileged to be with my friend who I've known for quite some time now, Dr. Leslie McClendon. Uh, She is a senior pastor of Calvary Community Church in Hampton, Virginia. Uh, She's also a businesswoman and a generational leader pioneering gracefully and powerfully in this century. Dr. Leslie, I'm so glad to have you on the Let's Grow podcast. Thank you for taking the time to connect with me today. Absolutely. I'm honored to be here. I can't wait to see what we're going to discuss today. Yes, there are a lot of people to who need to hear, and uh, I will also say take heed to what we're talking about. Um, we're talking about growing the leader in you, and I'm on the assumption that everyone has a leader in them, but not everyone knows how to develop that leader. So mm-hmm. uh, considering your journey um, and the lessons and insights that you have learned uh, and gained knowledge of, I would love to just kind of sit and hear that, and I'll have our audience uh, to kind of tap into that for the betterment of their leadership and their growth. So I know I know uh, much about you and um, your journey, but uh, we have quite a bit of listeners out there that would love to know who's going to be pouring into us today. So let's start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Perfect. Um, as you said, my name is Leslie Francisco McClendon. I'm a wife, a boy mom, 100% family girl. Um, I'm also actually, I don't promote it, but I'm a certified life coach. and mentor. Um, I have three earned degrees in the field of theological studies, Um, but I would like to think that those credentials don't make me stuffy. You know, sometimes (laughs) academia can make people a little stuck up, but I still enjoy fun and down-to-earth practicality. Um, As far as what I do, I'm a third-generation preacher, senior pastor of a growing church in Hampton, Virginia named C3, um, where I really get to serve as a bridge between generations and help build and sustain multi-generational ministry. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit in leadership. One of my things is everybody is so concerned with building, but who is taking up the mantle of sustaining what has been built? And I really feel called to do that. Um, And I'm also the co-founder of a new business. My husband and I started called McClendon Media Group, where we focus on branding and graphic design. So that's just kind of a high level view of who I am and what I do. Awesome. That's that's awesome. And it's something you you didn't mention, um, but I have seen as well uh, with her story as well. Is that part of uh, one of your, is it too, too early to talk about that or? No, put, put it out there. Let the people visit uh, herstoriclife.com. It's something that I launched actually um, on my birthday, but it was crazy. That was, it was in the middle of black history month. Um, But her story came to me. I had a little tagline 
Um, and it said, because men aren't the only ones making bold moves. That's so history good. is cool, but so her story is important too. So that's really where the idea came from. That's dope. And, and you have to be bold and courageous as a leader um, in order to effectively uh, develop and establish other leaders around you. Um, let me let me ask you this, uh, Dr. Leslie, at what point in your life did you realize you were called to lead people? Were you like in kindergarten telling everybody how to get in the line or, you know, how, how did it kind of happen for you? You know, I've always had a sense of empowering people um, and a track record of whenever people left my presence, it would be for the better. Yeah. But if I'm honest, I pondered over that question for a minute because I can't necessarily pinpoint an exact time and date. And I didn't want to make up an answer because um, right. I know you are really big on being authentic. And so I wanted to be authentic. Cool. But when I thought about leadership, I said, you know what? It's really who I am and not necessarily what I do. And for most people that are leaders, you'll find that it's really innate. Um, and the other honest truth is sometimes leaders don't even really know they're leaders until people right. start following them. If we're right. going to be honest, I even remember doing some videos at one point and I stopped because I was like, nobody cares. Nobody's watching this. I had like 17 views. And when I stopped doing it, I had inboxes later of one specific person that said, hey, where's where's my video? I really depend on that. Like my coffee, I needed that to help me go through my day. Wow. And I'm over here thinking like, I ain't getting no views. Well, nobody watching this. And, and here wow. I am getting testimonials from people saying I need that. That helps to sustain me. And I think sometimes we can get to a point where we don't have the numbers that we like, but understand that sometimes it could even be that one viewer that gives you everything you need to continue moving forward. So right. for me, it wasn't necessarily like a time period it was just kind of something that I embodied where whenever I came into contact with people, I would love to be able to say they've never left my presence feeling like, Oh, I'm, I wish I would have never had a conversation with her. You're always going to leave better. And that, and that's good because what it sounds like is that leadership is more of, of an identity than it is an activity. Um, mm, so many good. people focus on what they're doing and really don't have a sure uh, foundation of knowing that, you know, it's who they are first. So, so that's cool. Um, and, and the reason why I say it's cool is because you were not moved by the abundance of or lack of who was following you, but you knew who you were. And as a result of that, you know that if I keep going in this vein of being assured about who I am, then someone else is going to follow behind me. And I think sometimes as leaders, uh, we are such in, uh, we can sometimes become discouraged in the pioneering stages. And I think for us, it's really not just yep. pioneering um, a brand. It's really pioneering our lives, like really establishing our lives as something that someone can follow. Paul says, not to be too deep in scripture, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. So follow who I am, and then it'll help you become who you should be as well. So so that, that that's excellent. And I know with you coming into this embrace of who you are and understanding your identity, there are some necessary disciplines, mm -hmm. uh, I believe, leadership comes with discipline. So what would you say are some of the necessary disciplines, spiritual disciplines first, uh, that are needed for people to grow in leadership? Because you do both and you lead both from yep. a, a secular uh, realm as well as a spiritual realm. And both of them require different types of disciplines. So what would you say are the spiritual disciplines first? There are so many. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, I think meditation and mind renewal are very critical. To me, um, I've come to the realization that if I'm made in the image of God, why would I not want to connect with my source? Right. Um, and also, even as a leader, understanding that unlearning can be just as important as learning, too. Wow. Um, so scripture tells us that we are transformed right by the renewing of our minds. Yes. So that's important. 
Also, prayer and fasting go hand in hand. Um, not always fasting from food necessarily, but abstaining from things that battle for your attention and control right. you more than you control it. Right. So, for example, if you telling people, oh, I love God so much and you spend five minutes in prayer with God and two hours on Instagram, what you're really saying is you love Instagram more than you love right. God. Exactly. Right? Um, so when, when I abstain from things, I'm letting those things know that you don't have control or power over me. I have power over you. Um, and it also teaches us delayed gratification. But here's another one that I don't think is talked about nearly enough. But I believe that stewardship is a spiritual discipline wow. and that it's also a necessity. Like, how are we caring for ourselves and the things that we have been entrusted with? And I that's think that good. that's something that we don't talk about a lot, but it's important. Um Another one is self-examination, right? You see that in the Psalms, even with David and some others. Search me, O God, and see if right. there is anything wicked within me and remove it. I think there have to be times where we sit and we reflect and say, okay, am, am I missing the mark at, at some point? When am I examining myself to see if I'm coming up short and how can I you know, renew that? And I have others, but I'll end with this one. And I honestly think that gratitude is everything. Um, all of these disciplines that I've even mentioned are rooted in scripture, but in the book of Thessalonians, we are taught to give God thanks in everything yeah. and not for everything. And, and so often, even when we pray, we say, God, I thank you for this. I thank right. you for that. And and very rarely do we say in the midst of what I'm going through right now, God, I'm still going to give you praise. And right. I thank you in the middle of this. And so when we learn that with gratitude, our perspective starts to shift. So those are just a couple of things that have been revolutionary for me. And and how important gratitude is in such a year that many have grieved. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, I think I was listening to Craig Rochelle, who I listen to often, and he was talking about the discipline of gratitude and, and trying to, and almost finding something in every day to be thankful for, mm-hmm. uh, because it has become more challenging as it would seem to be grateful when it seems like uh, we are in such a time of loss and disappointment yep. and discouragement, um, and particularly as a leader, um, in order for you to continue to lead others well, you have to have a joy, you have to have a fuel behind doing that, and I think gratitude is key, and since we considered it a discipline it's like you almost have to uh condition your mind to find something in the day like we always read that scripture or more so reference that scripture this is the day the lord has made i will rejoice and be glad in it but what happens when it seems like there's nothing to rejoice about or nothing to give God thanks for. I think that's kind of deceptive in nature because there's always something to give God thanks for. First of all, I'm alive, I'm breathing, and I had a sandwich or something today in comparison to someone who may not have eaten uh, or had anything um, to consume. So I think that's very important as it relates to the spiritual discipline. Something you said as well that seems almost obsolete uh in the in the present generation is fasting and praying i think sometimes we feel like it's old school um to fast and pray or to remove ourselves from certain Mm -hmm. activities for a set period of time but when i one thing i would say when it comes to leading people is that fasting always re-engages my focus Mm -hmm. uh because sometimes you don't know how distracted you are until you deal with your distractions it's like oh my gosh i was really distracted um really consumed and really living 
feeling off of dopamine uh, that that um, that 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 hit almost to the brain that tells me I need this or I need that to survive. So that is important. And and what I love both of us both of us are really practical in our approaches to ministry. Mm-hmm. Is that if you do these things, it makes you a better leader. It doesn't make you more holier than someone else. Right. But it makes you more in tune with the leader that you are. So I think that's very important and necessary as a leader. Uh, but then also I'm I'm sure you have some unique uh, practical disciplines, and I think both go hand in hand. I believe they practicality leads to spirituality and vice versa. Uh, what yep. would you say are some of the necessary practical disciplines needed uh, for people to grow the leader within themselves? Yeah, I think getting your habits under control, your habits really determine your lifestyle. Um, I think practically reading is essential. To me, the Bible gives me life, but other literature gives me lessons that'll help me grow in other contexts. True. Um, practically speaking, too, you have to have some sort of routine. Right. Some of the best leaders that you could ever study have a very defined rhythm, right? You'll wake up at a certain hour, brush your teeth, please do that. Um, meditate, read, exercise, eat healthy if you can, work, and then spending time with <laughs> brush family. Brush those teeth. <laughs> All right. Hygiene is so important. Oh, um, sticking to a budget and going to bed at a decent hour. And here's what I've learned even recently is that your greatest desires are contingent upon your daily disciplines. That's good. Say that again for the people in the back of the uh, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That your greatest desires are contingent upon your daily disciplines. So you have a desire for wealth, health, whatever it is. All that stuff is going to be uh, manifested when you have some sort of discipline to be able to attain that. Right. Um, and the consistency, the consistency behind it, because what I found, Leslie, is that there have been times in my life where I've been good at starting a thing. Uh, Me too. But, I'm but a not, great initiator. <laughs> right. It's like I'll go strong for like a week or two weeks or maybe a month. But um, the things that you mentioned are only as effective as we are consistent in continuing yeah. to do those things. Um, I think consistency added to these spiritual practices and these practical things that you've mentioned are, are great. Um, and it has to happen. And what's going to happen in that is that there are going to be some challenges that are faced. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to face challenges if you're trying to do anything consistent. It's going to be contended with, right? So what would you yep. say? Because I know hearing these things, somebody's like, all right, I'm going to do this today. Or this is awesome. I thank Dr. McClendon for giving me these things. And as soon as they try to do that, they're going to be faced with a test or a challenge. So as a person growing in leadership, what are some of the challenges that we will face in the process of growing the leader within ourselves? My father taught me this lesson and it wrecked me forever. And he said, never forget this, that leaders must learn to stand alone and be misunderstood. Wow. He said, if you're going to be a leader, there's going to come a point in your life where you're going to be by yourself and people are not going to understand you, but are you going to press on and continue anyway? And that's what separates a leader from a follower. And that was game changing for me. I mean, you know this too, that leadership can be a very lonely walk. That's not to say that you don't have colleagues or people in in your path or whatnot, but there are going to be some times where you get a vision for something and you're like, I know that I'm saying this as clear as day. Why is nobody else jumping on board? You know, and and it's very lonely and you have to deal with sometimes being the only one who can see the vision. And another challenge, even I'll say this with leadership is, People expect perfection from you, but not for them. Oh my gosh. Say that again. People on the side, right of the podcast. (laughs) That is the worst feeling ever is I got to do everything right. Dot every I and cross every T and you can come with 
a half of a letter of the alphabet and I got to <laughs> treat you like nothing ever happened. Right. And I mean, that that's painful. I think we were talking actually one time and didn't you say someone said something once is one of the hardest things about leadership is people expect you to be married to them and you date them. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. Like people expect you to be married to their lives or committed to their lives and they just date because date is not a, when you're dating someone, that's yep. not really a full investment. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes um, as pastors, um, that's how it feels in leading people is that at any moment they can up and move and, you know, yep. suggest that God has inspired them to do something different with their life and we're still there. And oftentimes we have to deal with our leadership pain in the midst of still trying to lead people. This doesn't mean that we don't take time for sabbatical to heal, but you know, it's just, it's just a difference in expectations that sometimes can be very hard to those who are trying to lead uh, God's yeah. people or people in general. So yeah, that that's very true. And knowing that you won't always get the, the credit for the seeds that you've planted, right? Exactly. That Paul planted, Apollos watered and God gave the increase. I think of that in leadership. It's like, man, I planted and watered and, now this other leader is getting exactly. the increase and you honor oh, them and gosh. I'm chopped liver. Like me, right. like, you know, and, and that's the hard thing too, is that people can be fickle. Even leaders can be fickle, but yeah. people are fickle. And when they come to your organization, the first time everything is perfect. This is the best thing since sliced bread and, you know, two, three years, whatever in, <laughs> oh, they don't do stuff like such. Yes. Oh, okay. That's yes. difficult. It, and so the, a, a challenge, right. Is, Two, leaders have to mature quickly. Our Uh emotional capacity and intelligence has to be high because it can even be very difficult when you're trying to approach a situation and you know, maybe you're even offended as a leader and you're like, I have to be careful when I'm talking not to subtweet out loud or whatever. Like You really have to discipline yourself to be able to separate certain things. That can be hard. It can it can be very tough, Um, particularly, and the difference between leading, I would say, in the in the faith rather than mm-hmm. leading in a more secular realm is that you have to be very gracious with how you do a lot of things it doesn't mean yes. that you know in corporate america you don't get things done right or you don't do you're, fired, you're fired you're right. disciplined right bye we don't need you anymore but in in the body of christ as you're leading you have to still care for that person's soul right you're uh, you have to, to love still, me right <laughs> so you have to be very gracious with with how you do things. And that can be very challenging. But what I, what I've learned is, is the, the, the more you become resolved with who you are as a leader, you become less moved by how people view your leadership. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you uh, treat people wrong or belittle them. It just means, okay, I'm going to, as long as I know I'm genuinely and authentically doing my best to lead, I'm going to continue to grow this leader in me. And um, even yep. wh- whether you agree with it or not, I'm going to do it the way God taught me how to do it, which is, which leads me to another question, uh, because leadership style is something that I think people, especially if you're just now getting into leadership is something that people struggle with, um, because we have so many examples. We have so many great leaders. Some people want to be the TD Jakes. Uh, Mm -hmm. some people want to be the Craig Rochelle. Uh, some people want to be the Joyce Myers. And so, so many people want to be this person and that person. Uh, but what I've learned and, and I'll be honest, I'm still growing in this after four years of pastoring, um, and 
coming into leadership, uh, learning my leadership style. And, and I'm not just talking about different styles of leadership as uh, from a uh, educational perspective, uh, a dominant leader or things of that degree. I'm just saying, who is Jeff as a leader? Who is yeah. Leslie as a leader? Um, what would you say um, is the way or one of the ways someone can embrace confidence in their leadership style in a world that's full of comparison and competition. And I'll say this, I remember when both of us kind of started our ministry journey, uh, one thing you used to expound on is really finding your voice. Uh, One of the challenges, I can't say every race of people has this, every ethnicity has this, but you and I being African-Americans, we deal with the challenge of uh, having to be forced into being charismatic or forced Mm -hmm. Into overly expressive, yes, uh, and that could be very intimidating when our styles mm-hmm. are not passive, but the tones may be a, a little yep. less aggressive. Uh, so how did you come to embrace your confidence in your own leadership style? Um, and what do you do to sustain that in a world where there's so much comparison and uh sexism and you know competition? Yep. How, how do you how do you embrace that? For me, honestly, it boils down to authenticity. I remember the first time I preached somewhere and the Oregon Keys came behind me. It terrified me. I was scared. Right. Um, but I kind of branded myself like, hey, I'm I'm a teacher. This is what I do. You're going to get this word, but it might not be a super elevated voice. Right. When I got the revelation of authenticity, it really freed me. And I'm like you. That's not to say that I don't struggle every now and then because we're human and right. we deal with it. Um, but I do deal with comparison way less now than I did even two years ago. But the revelation was this, if I compare and compete all the time, it's going to drain me because that means that I have to imitate and emulate every single thing that that person does to achieve their results. And I'd be doing it without their grace. So that's where the authenticity comes in, comes in because it's draining. Um, and I also had, this is hard, like most leaders may not say this, but I also had to be honest and realize that when I was comparing and competing, the truth of the matter is I was really hating. Oh, wow. And I had to kill the hater inside of me. And it was crazy because (laughs) me hating was really looking and saying, saying, I feel like I could do that and I could do that better. I know they run in that conference, but I could do that. Like they speaking on that stage and to 10,000 people, like I can do that. That's easy. And I remember the Lord rebuked me one day while I was driving so strong. And he said to me, as plain as day, he said, you will not live your life as a hater anymore. I need you to stop. And I was like, excuse me, what? Right. And I really kind of felt the impression that I had to learn to celebrate more than I critique and really live in the grace that God has given me. And ever since then, like the Lord has given me this grace, hey, build your base. There's a people that's assigned to your voice. You don't have to try and do things like other people do. There's a people that I have specifically that need what's on the inside of you. And you'll find that when you live in your own lane, there's so much more peace there. There's more grace there. You'll find people that are like, I didn't know that you could lead like this. When I came into this context, I thought I had to be like that leader in order to be effective. But here you are just talking to me straight and I can understand what the word is saying and I'm growing and I'm learning. Like that's a game changer. And so for me, when authenticity was really unlocked and I embraced that, it changed my life. 
That, and, and that's so good because when you when you deal with authenticity, you deal with the creativity of God. Um, our authenticity is God's creativity. Like uh, one of my favorite scriptures is, is in Psalm 139, when mm-hmm. David says that God saw us in utter seclusion in our in the womb and uh, he had set all of our days. How beautiful and complex and fearful, fearful, uh, fearfully made we are in him. And I think about that and I was preaching one time and I said, man, I wonder what God saw in the womb that I'm contending with trying to become what somebody else was in in the womb or whatever womb they were in. So I think that's so profound because uh, I think our authenticity there, there, there is no one like us. Somebody can have your name. Right. Someone could have yep. Leslie or be named Jeff, but you're not me um, in development. You're not me and how God designed more so. And, and I think that's key. If you're listening to this podcast today, I want you uh, to embrace your authenticity. One of the greatest uh, benefits to anyone growing in leadership is them growing in the style and in the way God uh, uniquely created you to grow. And I think that's that's key um, is that, you know, Leslie, your authenticity will reach some people. My authenticity never will. Right. And right. my authenticity will reach, reach some people. Yours may not as well. But as long as people and are being real. That's good. That's beautiful. Right. And, and I think too, even what we have to understand is uh, the genuineness of authenticity, because I yeah. even think authenticity and transparency are separate. Very true. I feel that transparency is, okay, I'm going to tell you all my business. I do right. this. I'm open book. But authenticity is more so like, okay, I'm transparent, but here's why I was doing all this. Right. I was, you know, in this whatever predicament, but here's why I got here. That's really where the authenticity comes in. Um, and then two, understanding authenticity does not mean being rude. Right. And I think a lot of our generation is so hyped on, I'm going to be real. And real means I'm going to tell you like it is, blah, blah, this and that. It's like, no, being real is not synonymous with being rude. Right. That Look, that's a heart issue. Uh, out of the <laughs> abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Some people are just mean and nasty. And we're praying because, again, you don't want to be a mean and nasty leader. Uh, right. um, uh, John Maxwell always says leadership is about influence. So um, it's yeah. easier for me to be influenced by someone who is authentic, but who is also uh, very gracious in how they present their authenticity. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that has been something that has brought you to where you are. Now, knowing you know where you are and how you've gotten there, I'm sure there are some things that if you could have done them differently, you would have. And this is not yep. a point of regret. It's more so lessons that you learned um, along the way. So this is my last question for you. If you could have done anything differently during your early developmental stages of your leadership, because I know there are so many people listening now that has gained, they have gained so much insight and like, wow, I could be doing that. Oh man, I'm going to take this back. Uh, but what's, what are some things that you learned that, oh man, if I could go back, I would have done this differently. Um, and why? I really wish I would have paid more attention to myself and what God called me to do instead of looking for validation and comparing myself to other people. Um, sometimes when I look back, I'm like, man, I spent a lot of my early twenties looking at what they were doing or saying, why can't I do that? Oh, if I just get to this, then I'll be doing great. And I think I'm doing well now, but I just wonder how much farther I will be along, along, along. I even say that to, I mean, we were both youth pastors at one point, at yeah. one point, just telling young people, you don't have to wait till you're in your twenties and your thirties to accept, you know, your God given leadership or your right. call or anything like that. And a lot of times we deal with so much pressure, whether that's societal or peer or whatever it is, And then when we get to our 20s and 30s, we're like, that was so dumb. I wish I had the wisdom that I have now. And so I would say, too, don't 
just cast away the wisdom that people are giving you who are older than you. And I remember getting even a rebuke from uh, a mentor and they were saying, you listen to your friends, your friends only have 20 year old wisdom. What do right. they know? This exactly. is, this is their exposure. You know, it's a little cup size and here I am with a goblet and you're letting cup size wisdom guide your life. Like listen to, you know, not everybody is out to, to have it out for you or make you look bad or things like that. Listen to, to wisdom. Um, but the only thing that gives me comfort is that I have prayed a prayer for several years now. And sometimes I feel like that's held me back, but maybe for my protection, but that prayer was Lord, don't promote me prematurely because there are some stages that I feel like I could have been on by now or some things that I could have been doing. But with those doors being closed, I just wonder now, what did God really protect me from? Yeah. So not being in a rush to, to get to things like, Everything will come in the proper timing. That is so good, particularly in a generation that feels like we're running out of time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's what it, that's what it appears. That's that's how it comes across. It's like you know we'll we'll embrace something today, and then we're ready to move on, not having really grasped a full understanding of that vein, um, and we we don't find a a pace that complements our purpose Mm -hmm. I think everybody everybody of course everyone has a different purpose but we also have different paces like what you're called to do it may need you to move at a faster pace than me Mm -hmm. or in a different season you may have to pick it up a little bit um compared to another season but I think that comes with like you said the spiritual disciplines for a leader spending time with God hearing his heartbeat and letting that determine your pace rather than you rushing things and then having to go back to God to kind of help you fix it. So I encourage so many people. I know uh, the age demographic for people who listen to this are between the ages of 20, 28 and 34. So I know if you're listening to this, some of you may say, oh my gosh, I just turned 30 and I feel like, you know, life is, it's just moving Magic fast number. right now. I, I will say life tends to seem like it's moving faster. I don't know what it is psychologically after you hit 30, but never be in a rush. Just find the timeline of God. Because a lot of times if you're on your own timeline and God has not had any input on that timeline, you'll rush what he's trying to develop. um, And it may not be its best product as you begin to present it to other people. So, wow. I I think we've, 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 man, tapped into a lot today, um, Dr. Leslie. And, um, I'm just grateful that your wisdom um, is something that this generation needs. And really, you're just getting started. I see you all, uh, what you're mm-hmm. doing at C3, and it's awesome. I had a conversation with your youth pastor, who's a close friend of mine, and mm-hmm. um, I just told him about how amazed I am at what you all are doing and cross-generationally and uh, in this time where man, everybody's trying to just find some stability. And I think the church yeah. is one of those places and uh, confident leaders are, are a place where people are looking for direction and guidance. So I thoroughly enjoyed you sharing your heart today, your insight. Uh, there were many things that were conveyed uh, that gave language to those who are listening, who are desiring to grow the leader within them. And I'm sure that uh, your influence will go beyond this moment. So um, if someone wanted to connect with you and stay up to date with the amazing things that are happening in your life, um, how do they go about doing that? I'm sure you have a website and an Instagram and Facebook. People need to be connected yep. to Dr. Uh, McClendon. So give us that information. Perfect. I would love to be connected uh, for a website. You can go to historiclife.com. 
Um, that's for business, for church. You can check out c3hampton.org and also on all social media outlets uh, at Leslie, L-E-S-L-E-Y, F. McClendon. Um, you can follow me there and I'd love to stay connected. Awesome. And she is definitely a voice that you need to have your life connected to if you're trying to grow in any aspect of who you are. Uh, Dr. Leslie, uh, thank you so much again for being a part of this discussion. Family, listeners, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast because I'd rather grow with you than grow alone. Be sure also to check out letsgrowjeff.com to purchase my Never Stop Growing uh, t-shirt and also visit amazon.com to purchase my Let's Grow 21 Day Devotional. Just type in my name, Jeffrey Whitaker, and it will come up for you to purchase. I promise you, you'll be transformed by the content. Lastly, be sure to follow me on Instagram at jeffrey.whitaker. I love to connect with all of you all who listen in, who support this podcast. Until next time, let's grow now and let's keep growing together. I'm out.